Chazal make a big deal over the fact that Yitzchak Avinu looked like his father, Avram Avinu. What's the big deal? Don't children usually look like their parents? Makes it sound like it was a miracle Hashem performed. Unless, of course, you realize that Yitzchak and Avram are actually so different, which carries a very powerful lesson about how we balance the different sides of our own dedication to Hashem. Commenting the passage at the beginning of the parasha that says these are the descendants of Avram. Avram uh, these are the descendants of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. Rashi quotes Chazal. There were scoffers at the time who said that actually Avram Avinu was not the father of Yitzchak. Sarah was pregnant from Avimelech. So may I ask Baruch what did the Abish to do to resolve their issue? He formed Yitzchak's features to look exactly like his father Avram. And then everybody testified to the fact that Avram was the father who gave birth to Yitzchak. So we need to understand something. The Chazal present us as a question and then a resolution to the question. Question, what did David do? Answer, he made Yitzchak's features resemble Avram. Instead of just saying simply and shortly, there were scoffers who said X and therefore, David responded by ensuring that Yitzchak looked like Avram. Which could have been said without the introductory, what did the Abish do as if it's a big surprise? Sounds like the Chazal want us to know the fact that Hashem made Yitzchak look like Avram is a surprise. It was a big achievement. On the far status with Hashem Shaila, that's why it's presented as a question. What amazing thing did the Abish do to resolve this issue? What unique action did Abisha take to deal with the scoffers of the time? Now, is that the fact that we're making it sound like it's a big deal that Abisha made Yitzchak look like Avram is in itself a big question. What's the big surprise that Abisha made Yitzchak look like his father? It's a perfectly natural and common thing for a child to resemble his father. In fact, it would be surprising if a child didn't resemble their parent. So therefore, to understand this, we're first going to visit an expression Chazal used when they talk about things being difficult for the Eibusher. It's becoming as a sign kosher. There's certain things that the Chazal say are difficult. For example, Shituchim as difficult as splitting the sea. implying that certain things are difficult for the Eibusher to do. How could something be difficult for the Eibusher? Is the Hasbara in them? So the explanation is not that it's difficult. As the Kosha from Christian Sebastian, it's not difficult for the Abishta to split the sea open. That's the easiest thing in the world. Rather, um, <coughs> not even the fact that the water piled up in a solid column. That's also not a big deal for the Abishta. Of a frat, the Fiam of War in Tanya, especially when you consider what the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, which is actually quite logical, as Chris Yamsev's Aklena Pelevibria Shamayim Varetz, splitting the sea is way less of a, a mind blowing thought than creating a world out of nothing. So, creating the world wasn't difficult for the Abishta, so it's not really difficult for the Abishta to split the sea. It's not the action that's difficult, nor 
What makes it difficult, challenging, out of the ordinary is the fact that the Eibishter makes a simultaneous paradox. Two things that are opposites that coexist. What are the two things? The same process heals or helps the Jewish people as it strikes and smites the Egyptians. So the fact that the sea that if the sea hadn't split to save the Jews, it would never have been enticing for the Egyptians to enter the sea. They would never have been killed. Especially considering that the Midas Hadin and Shemaim were saying, why are you distinguishing between those idolaters that you're saving, the Jews, and those idolaters that you're killing, the Egyptians? That's what makes it so so to speak, difficult. Because the way they should design the world is you have to consider the perspective and arguments of the Midas Adin, which is the most orderly way to run the world. The fact that they completely skipped over the Midas Adin and didn't regard it as all, that is surprising and therefore, so to speak, difficult. In other words, it's difficult to imagine that they changes his own rules in a particular scenario. And it's that so-called difficulty that plays out in our story here as well. Because we know that the difference between Avram and Yitzchak is very deep. As Avram is given, Avram, Oy Havi, Avram served Abishta through love, and therefore was the ultimate vehicle to express Chesed in this world, divine Chesed in this world. And that's why the focus of how he served Abishta was inviting people over and showing kindness to people, even defending the indefensible in Stoim and Amorah. When Yitzchak is given Pachad Yitzchak, Yitzchak's on the other end of the spectrum. His service of the Ebishter is out of fear and awe. Amar Kovetz Midas HaGevura, and he's the perfect vehicle to express Gevura, divine restriction in this world. That's why in Parashas told us, our Parasha, we talk about how Yitzchak Avinu's primary focus was digging wells. Why wells? Because what wells do is Firstly, to remove all the obstacles, the sand and the stones that are in the way of the stream, the subterranean stream. And then, then to allow that stream to well up, that's why he dug wells, to come from below upwards. Chesed goes from the position of strength and, and resources to the one who lacks. That's Chesed from above downwards. Gevura takes the lowly realm and pushes it upwards with discipline and focus and, and strength to be able to elevate. So Avram and Yitzchak are two completely different modes of service of the Ebishter. And therefore, even though both Yitzchak and Avram produced a child who went off the deep end and was what we call they gave energy to something negative, but it's two totally different kinds of negative. Because Avram, the wayward son of Avram Avinu is Yishmol, who is corrupted chesed, great hospitality, spreading their, their religion all over the world, conquering in a way where they want to teach everybody the religion of peace and so forth. And Yitzchak Yatsum and Esau, whereas Yitzchak spawned an Esau, who's all about living by the sword, war, Gvura de Klippa, which is corrupted Gvura. That's why the Pasuk of you has to tell us, surprisingly, Avraham births Yitzchak, produces Yitzchak. That doesn't seem a logical process. It doesn't seem to make sense. In other words, the Pasuk doesn't seem to make sense, and the analysis of what doesn't make sense in the Pasuk speaks to this issue. It's a surprise that Avraham has a Yitzchak. But let's first look at the Pasuk. Why does the Torah have to tell us? Avram gave birth to or conceived Yitzchak. 
It's Norv, Al the Pasuk Shemot, for Yitzchak ben Avram. The only reason we're having that conversation is because the Pasuk said, Yitzchak is the son of Avram, which is also information we don't need, surely, at this point. We know this. Rashi says it. Because the Torah told us here that Yitzchak is Avram's son, that's what prompted the Pasuk to have to then clarify, and Avram birthed Yitzchak. Because that's a big question. You don't have to tell us that Yitzchak is the son of Avram at this stage. We already know that from the previous parasha, Chayesara, and certainly the parasha before that. So, if you didn't have to tell us that Yitzchak is Avram's son, you certainly didn't have to tell us that Avram conceived Yitzchak. These are the children of Yitzchak, and at Yitzchak's eight, when Yitzchak was 840, he got married. So, why is the Torah getting into this conversation of telling us Yitzchak's the son of Avram, and Avram is the father of Yitzchak? Second question. How come this is now where we bring up the fact that there were scoffers who claimed that Yitzchak was not Avram's biological son? Why don't we say it? Here's a parish that's actually talking about the next generation, Yitzchak's children, and Yitzchak's impact on the world. And the truth is, the fact that we're saying that Yitzchak is the son of Avram is surely just a sidebar in the main thrust of this parish, which is to tell us about Yitzchak's life. You know where it should have told us? Avram, when Yitzchak was born, back in Parashas Vayera. Why now? Two parishes later. Now you're telling me Avram gave birth to Yitzchak? So to answer both of those questions, why we're having the conversation of genealogy at this point and emphasizing specifically that Avram is the biological father, because the Pasuk starts with a Vav, which is a link to what was discussed before. And is telling us what we're about to read, continues from what we've just learned before. We just ended off Pasha's Chayisara talking about the end of the life of Yishmoel. And then you'll think, hang on, Yishmoel is also Avram Avinu's son. In fact, when you think about it, maybe Yishmoel actually has a deeper connection to Avram than Yitzchak does. Because Yishmoel seems to have the same characteristics as Avram, Chesed, Albeit, nor is Chesed the Kripa corrupted Chesed. So, yes, he's the wayward version of Avram, but at least he looks similar. He also espouses Chesed, whereas on Yitzchak is Bekava Gvura. Yitzchak actually seems to be a black sheep, somebody completely different to Avram Avinu, the person who is a Gvura centered person, and he's actually quite different to what Avram represents in Chesed. So, now we see Yishmoel is a child of Avram, and you're saying Yitzchak is the child? Therefore, the Torah has to reiterate over here, Yitzchak is also Avram Avinu's son. And not only is he Avram Avinu's son, biologically, but Avram is the cause of Yitzchak. He conceives Yitzchak. As Adarabah, the Yachas from Yitzchak to Avram is God by from Yuchad, which highlights that the relationship between Yitzchak and Avram is unique and even deeper than the relationship between Yishmol and, uh, and Avram. Not only is Yitzchak ben Avram, not only is Yitzchak the biological child of Avram, which is but rather Avram produces a Yitzchak meaning he has a big surprise that the whole thrust and purpose of Avram's life which is Chesed 
is going to be manifested through Yitzchak. And we know that from Pasuk in last week's parasha, as if in Pasuk, that the Eibishter tells Avram, specifically Yitzchak will be considered your progeny, your seed, your continuation. That's surprising to us, that Yitzchak is the greater expression of Avram. Well, that's what the Torah has to clarify, and it has to clarify it at this point. We're about to discover that Yitzchak gives birth to somebody called Esav, which is Gvura de Klippa Canal, corrupted Gvura. And we're also going to learn in this parasha. We're going to see that the entire focus of Yitzchak's avoida is a gevura-based avoida of digging wells and allowing the water to come to the surface, which is the opposite of Avram's avoida, which is effectively to irrigate the world with goodness. That would explain exactly why there are scoffers who have issue with Yitzchak being related to Avram. They say Yitzchak cannot be a descendant of Avram. He's a completely different persona. Now we have to address it. How do we address it? Through making them look the same. And that's the so-called challenge now presented to the Abishah. How do we resolve that Avram and Yitzchak, who are opposites, can actually be resembling of each other. And this is going to be resolved by making Yitzchak look like Avram, which is in itself challenging. The natural reason why a child resembles the father is because the child is a derivative of the father. The DNA of the father is a which means that we don't only expect that a child looks similar to his father, but we expect that he'll have characteristics that are similar to his father's characteristics. That's not happening here. Not only is Yitzchak different to Avram, but actually their character is opposite characters Avram is given from Midas HaChesed and Yitzchak from Midas HaGvura Avram is the absolute paragon of Chesed and Yitzchak of Gvura naturally their different character will also influence different modes of intellect a whole different perspective on the world and we have a great example of that in Beis Hill and Beis Shammai because Beis Shammai and Beis Hill are from different realms of spiritual origin therefore their minds process halacha in completely different ways Beis which originates from the characteristics of Gvura will process intellectually how the halacha should always be stricter. On Beisidah, Lekula Beisidah, which derives from the spiritual source of Chesed, will always process rationally that halacha should be more inclusive and lenient. So you would therefore expect that if Avram is the absolute Chesed and Yitzchak is the absolute Gvura, they really shouldn't resemble each other in any way. They should have actually been different to each other and that should have been revealed on their faces because we know from our own experience you can see softer faces you can see sterner faces a person's appearance mirrors their characteristic a person who is a naturally chesedic person will generally have a very pleasant soft face a person who is naturally a gavura person will have a harsher face that's how it is. So you don't expect Yitzchak to look anything like Avram Avinu. Which is why the Gemara says, so what's the Ebesha going to do now? How will we address the scoffers who say Yitzchak does not belong to Avram Avinu? 
Because the natural way that Abisha created the world is that Avram and Yitzchak should not have had the same facial features. In the same way as their character and behavior would never resemble each other. But because now there's this scoffing going on and people are saying, yeah, well, who knows if Yitzchak comes from Avram. Therefore, the Ebesha goes to change the natural way that Yitzchak should appear, which should reflect his character. The Ebesha goes against the natural order. And Ebesha, so to speak, interferes in the DNA of Yitzchak so that he will look similar to Avram Avinu, which isn't natural. Now, if Ebesha does make this similarity between them, it's not only going to be physical features. The fact that Debishta makes Yitzchak look similar to Avram is not just that physically they will share similar features. Now, Adarab, it's far deeper than that. The fact that Avram and Yitzchak will resemble each other physically is Valzer will be a result of and a reflection of their spiritual makeup. In other words, the Abish is going to change their spiritual makeup and therefore they will resemble each other physically. And that's really difficult to imagine because their spiritual makeups don't seem to match. Until we recognize that actually Chesed and Gvura have a unique symbiotic, albeit paradoxical, relationship. Yes, Chesed and Gvura complete opposites. But, believe it or not, the Gevura focus and boundaries of Yitzchak is a direct continuum and a direct result of Avram's chesed. As the Pasuk indicates, Avraham, Avram, his service, his chesed, will by definition produce a Yitzchak focus. And that's not only because what produces Gevura, actually chesed. In other words, Chesed will do chas deashbols and eskabel veren unroiv teiva eni chelim lekabel. Chesed wants you to benefit, and Chesed realizes it's pragmatic. It realizes too much will flood you, and then you won't benefit. So Chesed recognizes the need for gvura velv so that you could benefit from all the kindness someone has shared. Moses zayna dai hagvura simsim ashefa davka. So Chesed knows that in order to be successful, it requires gvura focus. Now nochmer, but it goes deeper than that. Gvura is actually an expression of Chesed. Because not only does Yitzchak channel and funnel the Chesed, but it actually strengthens and turbo boosts the Chesed. Like for example, rain. We talk about a good soaking rain as the strength of rain. That's why the Ebisha tells Avram Avinu, I'm going to expand your seed by giving you Yitzchak, because Yitzchak is going to give strength to your chesed, not only make your chesed practical, but empower your chesed. In other words, chesed and gvura have a symbiotic relationship. They work harmoniously. That harmony between the chesed of Avram, the gvura of Yitzchak, 
In order to create that harmony, we have to reach at a level which is outside of the system. Because in the system, Chesed is here on the right, Gvur is there on the left, and they don't meet. We need a power that is greater than the system. Put the fire and the water, the Chesed and Gvur together. Then you can correlate things that are opposites. And their meat, Vet Molech Vashten, the Remez in Lashen Chazal, Chazal actually alluded to this when they said, Veheidu Hakol, Avram Ahilit Yitzchak, that everybody testified to the fact that Avram Avinu gave birth to Yitzchak. Nitva Yodu, Vechadayim, not to say they acknowledged, they knew, they became aware. No, Veheidu, they testified. Why is that? Rashi Chazdib, the Lashat Svetimol, Rashi actually repeats that in his commentary by saying, Eidus Yesh Avram Ahilit Yitzchak. Not only like the Chazal say, Heidu, but he says, Eidus, there is now clear testimony that Avram Avinu gave birth to Yitzchak. Why Eidus? What's it going to do with anything? Vostad Goshado, in Dominion for Eidus. Let's understand what is testimony all about. You need Eidus about something we cannot see because it is concealed. If something is obvious and open, even something that will become apparent at a later stage, you don't need witnesses to that. Wait, you'll see for yourself. In other words, what does Eidos testimony do? It makes us aware of something we normally would be unable to see or know about. Something that wouldn't enter our awareness. In spiritual terms, that means to bring into our space an entity, a dimension which is beyond the system. We wouldn't have access to this. It's got to be testified. It's got to be shared with us. That's the testimony over here. This unique experience that's happening over here, that the extreme chesed of Avram and the extreme gvura of Yitzchak are actually coexisting and in an harmonious partnership, can only happen by introducing a dimension that is greater, not just than each of them, but greater than the entire system within which chesed and gvura operate. Nature can't accommodate that. Rational thinking can't accommodate that. It's not possible. But there's an aidus to say, I know it doesn't make sense. I know you've never seen it in nature, but it's true. In the same way as testimony works, witnesses come along. They tell us they saw something. We don't know. It doesn't make sense to us. We have to trust their testimony. So what's the message over here? Yeah, Avram and Yitzchak, the parasha is telling us they work together for a higher purpose with the impact of a higher source. What could that teach us about how we serve the Yibishter? The first lesson is, Why do we call Avram Yitzchak Yaakov our fathers? Because they are the root from where all of our neshamas derive. And therefore the unique characteristics of Avram and of Yitzchak and of Yaakov were bequeathed to us, became part of our spiritual DNA. And therefore every one of us has to serve the Eibishter, <coughs> utilizing the different traits of all three of the forefathers. Their fun is moving. So even this element of making Yitzchak look like Avram, which represents his skalus from chesed gvura, the coexistence of and the harmony of extreme chesed and extreme gvura that don't naturally belong together or work together, cannot have something every one of us is capable and expected to achieve. 
One example would be as Tanya describes with Tshuva. Then on one side of my emotional state, I'm crying with regret over my distance from Hashem. And on the other side of my same emotional spectrum, I'm actually thrilled and joyous over the fact that I have a connection to Hashem. To have that duality means that I'm actually operating at a level that is beyond nature and beyond the entire spiritual structural system. Because within the structured system of Ishtalshlos, Chesed and Gvura contradict each other and they cannot coexist. Like the Sifri says, love and fear of Hashem, only the Ebesha could have that experience. Which implies that the only place you can accommodate the paradox of loving Hashem and being in awe of Hashem is when you're serving Hashem. You can't have love and fear of any physical or even spiritual thing that is not connected to the Ebesha. The only thing is, let's drill down a little further. There's actually two ways this could happen. One possibility is Thursday night I do a cheshbon nefesh and I'm crying over the distance from Hashem. Shabbos, I rejoice over the fact that I'm connected to Hashem. That's one possibility and even that is difficult. But Beis HaKosha Yoyser, what's even more advanced is Demiridus mit Simultaneously to feel the remorse and the simcha. Because every one of us is an heir to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. What's our in the uniqueness of being an heir is you get everything, even without any effort on your part. Therefore, everyone is capable, even if it's only on occasion, to experience this paradoxical state of absolute chesed and absolute gvura. Total love of Hashem and total fear of Hashem simultaneously and it's something that we're supposed to aspire to. Another lesson, not Chairoim in order that the whole world should be able to testify to the fact that Avram Avinu is in fact the father of Yitzchak. could have right from the beginning made sure that the two of them resembled each other. But that would actually have been even harder to appreciate than the way the Ebishter did it. What does that mean? Because that would mean right from the beginning they are unnaturally resembling each other. No, let's say the nature is they don't resemble each other. Tsar crossed upon him, the Ebishter gets involved and changes that nature. Which teaches us a lesson. Let's say that we have a choice. There are two ways that we could serve the Ebishter at any given time. Either we go the Chesed route or we go the Gvura route. And we're not sure which one should we prioritize. We choose first the Kav of Chesed. We start with Avram Avinu's appearance. That's where we start our journey. Like the Al-Tarebbe says in Periklam and of Tanya, when you're trying to bring a Yid close, if you take an approach which is loving and inclusive, so for sure you're not going to lose out on the mitzvah of loving your fellow Jew. But besides that, it'll probably have the most desired effect. So when there's a choice, do we go the Chesed or the Gvur route? Prioritize the Chesed route. 
in an analysis, Now this lesson, because there are some scoffers out there, they wish to change us the entire set of natural and even of spiritual rules to deal with them has a profound lesson for us, especially living in our generation in regards to chassidus. The fact that they should change the whole natural orders that Yitzchak should resemble Avram. Um, we're going to link to the idea of spreading chassidus all over the world. The idea of really spreading Hasidus in a meaningful and broad way really only took off after Yutas Kislev. And it's always going to be linked, Kislev will be linked to Parashas Toldos because Parashas Toldos is either typically in the month of Kislev or really the Shabbos blessing Kislev. Which is the Chedesh HaGiula, the Chedesh of Redemption. The month that launched the spreading of Hasidus in the most profound way. So what's the link between this incredible miracle of making Yitzchak look like Avram and spreading Hasidus? The Zohar explains to us that there are parts of Torah that are the physical, like the so-called limbs of the Torah. Galia the Torah, the revealed parts of Torah. And then there's, there's the soul of Torah, which is Rosin Daraisa, the secrets of Torah. If we're working within the framework that Abish created right across the spectrum of the spiritual multiverse, the revealed part of the body of Torah, etc., and the secrets of Torah, etc., are two different worlds. On the other hand, and each one has to be approached in its unique way. The gufa, the, the body of Torah, is the revealed part of Torah, which is, so to speak, easy access. And the esoteric part of Torah is the soul of Torah, which is secret. That's what we call it, the secrets. Because if something is revealed, it's no longer a secret. So the parts of the Torah that are revealed, the Chumash, Halacha, Tanach, Mishnah, Gemara, parts of Torah that are secret, in other words, Sounds like you're not really supposed to pry and go there. When Machris comes here to Skisva and says, We're going to change the rules. We're going to spread those hidden springs out to the furthest reaches. We're going to spread what is secret about the Torah as far as we possibly can. Besides the major introduction, innovation of Hasidus Chabad, which is to take esoteric Judaism and make it rationally accessible, right? Because before the Alter Rebbe did this, even in the Alter Rebbe's own teachings, far Peterburg before the experience of Yutas Kislev, is not given if Azayfil Dislabshos Bahasaga. The Maamorim were not spelled out in so much rational and accessible detail. But that's what Chassidus is about. Because Chassidus Chabad Monfi Chakmei Chadmur shaped to the extent that Chassidus Chabad demands, as the Friedrich Rebbe says, men shall learn Chassidus Bahasaga in themselves even for melenta sugi enigle that we should be able to grasp and comprehend a piece of Chassidus with the same clarity that we grasp a piece of Gemara. Which means the part of ourselves, which is, so to speak, the most external part of our intellectual process, should grasp the deepest teachings of Chassidus. My rational mind should grasp Abish's infinite wisdom. But besides that, not only do I, as an individual, have to use even my most, so to speak, external part, the human rational mind, to grasp the teachings of Chassidus, but I have to reach out to the furthest person. To a Jew who is on the fringe. 
And that chutza has no restrictions. So says, as I feel in which means we have to even go into the darkest places in order to spread chassidus. Now, how on earth is that possible? That's a mega question. There are limitations to the nigla part of Torah. The pasuk says, What are you doing talking about Torah? You don't belong. Clean up your act and then you could learn. How are we suggesting that we're going to take the secrets of Torah, Razin de Torah, Razin de Razin, and we're going to spread that Chutzah as far as we'll possibly go? That's the lesson of this parasha. If there's an issue that challenges the essence of a Jew, the essence of a Jew being rooted in the essence of Hashem, we don't take into consideration what expectations, boundaries, rules exist in Hishtalshlus. And Ebesheh changes all of the rules and remodels Yitzchak to look like Avram. Meaning, meaning the secrets of Torah which really belong locked away in a Gevura vault. So Kumen Begoloi should be revealed and exposed everywhere Chesed Avram in Avram's mode of absolute Chesed. And we're going to use this idea to revisit a very well-known Moshe the Alter Rebbe gave for Hasidus and, ex- and now understand it in a deeper way to how we've always understood it. The Alter Rebbe says, The Alter Rebbe says, This is like the prince who was deathly ill. And all of the doctors gave up hope. Except somebody suggested that there's the possibility of taking the crown jewel and grinding it up. Just bearing in mind that this crown jewel is what makes the crown as special and beautiful as it is, and therefore, obviously, gives a lot of dignity to the king. And we're supposed to then give this, this mixture to the prince to drink. In the Moshe, the king says, it doesn't matter how beautiful and expensive and important and dignified the crown is. It has no value at all compared to his son's survival and life, obviously. Now, under ordinary circumstances, you're not allowed to touch any of the king's possessions, let alone the crown. You're not even allowed to touch the king's crown or use it for personal things. And is when in ganzem abedin ikrakesen. Here we're about to destroy what makes the crown so special. So leave them ben amelech for the prince. Half up here says a ben melech is a doch nit melech, and he's not even the king yet. It's only the prince. From b'shasa serirt on chayeb noy velches mehusaf from the melech because the king's attitude is if something threatens his son's life, his son is him. Very bad. Allah cheshbon says nothing to consider, nothing to think about, no decisions to make. And Al Terebe is Doch Mosef in the Magvaldic and Indian. Al Terebe gives an incredible perspective from this. After the Beshast that Matzah from the Merach is a Fazoifel Fag Ergit Givoren. The circumstances of the prince are so bad, he has deteriorated so far. This is a Sofik Tzi Er Vet Mekabel Zain Dimeru for Afilatipe Mehem. We're not even sure that any of the drops will go in because he's unconscious. From this Vegnis Kedai or Mitzrayim Dem Evan Toiva doesn't matter. We crush up that that stone. Mix it into the water. Most of it will go to waste. Because we're hopeful that maybe just one drop will get into the prince's mouth. 
Und durch die Saskus und die Futsum und die Seche Chutze bringt das dem Kaosim Dom Malke Meshiche. So if we do exactly this, live this paradoxical state, like Avram, the Ebesheit does for Yitzchak, that he changes everything about nature, so people should not have questions or issues with Yitzchak. So he changes everything about nature, so that the Jewish person shouldn't in any way be weakened in the Yiddishkeit or distanced from the Yiddishkeit, so spread Chassidus everywhere, that brings about, as Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tev, that Mashiach will come, it should happen immediately.